I'm Misty Winkler, and you're listening to the Convivial Homeschool Audio Blog, Episode 68. Welcome to another season of Short But Meaty Focus Sessions to help you keep your head in the game as a homeschooling mom. Convivial is really another way of saying school A. It gets at the heart of what we want, a holistic education that reaches the soul as well as the brain, that brings peace rather than stress, and that directs our attention to what is true, good, and beautiful. This season, we'll spend more time learning what the ancients and early church fathers had to say about education, because we should be standing on the shoulders of these giants rather than making it up as we go along. So let's dig in. All right, well, welcome to season 12. I'm so excited to get this season started. And I'm here today with Virginia Lee to start our season off. Hi, everyone. For the podcast this season, The Simple Sanity Saver is Matthew C. Tips. Even if you don't use Matthew C., I think you'll still be able to pick up some ideas, some tips, some things to think about. So what ages and grades do you have, Virginia Lee? I have a 13-year-old son, and um, I have a 10-year-old daughter. I have an 8-year-old daughter. I have a 5-year-old son and a 2-year-old daughter. The only ones, though, obviously my younger ones are not doing math yet. Everyone who is doing math is using math, you see. Yep, and us too. And my oldest has actually just started Algebra 2. So we're kind of getting into the program. (laughs) So I have to, Algebra 2, then he's pretty good at math for high school years, I'm assuming with that, since he's 15 and he's in Algebra 2. Yeah, that is a head of the of the scope and sequence, I think, which is really interesting to me because for several years in elementary, he was actually behind. Yeah, just goes to show you that the great part about mastery with Matthew C. Then, yeah, I think it just started clicking maybe about twelve, but it took a little bit more than two years to get through alpha, and okay. then it took about almost two years to get through beta. <laughs> I felt like, oh man, okay, we'll just do it. (laughs) Well, you know what though? I'm glad you brought that up because that's actually one of the things I really like about Matthew C is that it is mastery based. So it's okay if it takes longer for your kiddos to go through alpha or beta or wherever they are because it's not grade levels. It's just levels of math that are not hooked to a grade and you do not move forward until you've mastered one concept And I I think that has a lot to do why when later on, you know, things start clicking for our kiddos, it can do that because you really have mastered everything before that point. Um, And I'm also just a big believer in as long as you're moving forward, that's what counts. But And that really helped me at one point when I had all young elementary and it didn't seem like we were making that great progress. (laughs) Being behind in math as homeschoolers was one of my fears because that seems kind of, well, it was, it was true for myself and several of my siblings. And that was something I didn't want to continue. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So I was starting to get a little nervous and I actually found YouTube videos by Steve Demi. They must've, I don't know if they're around anymore because I've tried several times to find them again and I have not found them. They were like Q&A videos. So of course, they were pretty much all questions like, my son's behind. (laughs) What do I do? Yes, the homeschool mom panic questions. We've been in this lesson for forever. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, he did that. You're never behind. Mm -hmm. You're where you are. You can't, you know, math is progressive. You can't skip Mm -hmm. anything. And if they haven't mastered it, 
you know, you basically are skipping ahead and it's going to, you're going to get burned mm-hmm. in the end. Oh yeah. So just, just stick with it. And you know, when things click, everything else is going to be, it's going to smooth the way later and they'll, their mind will be free from the, the arithmetic part of the math to think about the concepts. Yes. And I like that about math. You see also that they take really important basic math concepts and they start from the concrete and build to the abstract so that as you're being introduced to something that's very important for understanding math but that's you know new to the child and sometimes the mom definitely (laughs) um, start with concrete teaching and examples and then you move up as you master it to the abstract portions of it and that's you know I think that's part of what helps our kids be able to master things effectively yeah just teaching the first few levels myself or you know not teaching because that's another thing that I love about Matthew C is the video lessons mm-hmm. but helping <laughs> and the blocks you know the blocks are similar to Legos and I have heard people say you know we already have Legos do I need these math blocks But I don't know, the math blocks are pretty clever. (laughs) So I like them. They're there. They're in a container. You have every single thing you need. It matches the worksheets exactly. And there is something to be said for not having to figure out where the Legos you need are. Do the, this doesn't match the worksheet the same way. So my little person doesn't understand that we're using this in place of this. Just buy the blocks. We put ours in a big Sterilite container. Don't scrimp there. Scrimp somewhere else. It will save you so much time and energy and effort. So I honestly, I'm going to be honest, we didn't start with Matthew C. And as I got more kids and we were using Right Start, which I do mm-hmm. love. But as I got more kids in math, it was so difficult. I was spending my entire life teaching math. This <laughs> Right Start is so teacher intensive. So if there are mamas out there who are just drowning in math lessons, Matthew C was, it was just a godsend for me because it's still mastery based but the lessons are on DVD. So I could have an older child watch a lesson, even if I needed to help a younger child with something, I can even have a younger child watch lessons and then come back and narrate the lesson to me so that Mm -hmm. I see that they understand it. And especially with older kids, I honestly get less pushback or emotional issues because Mr. Demi is the one teaching it. Yes. I wish I could send him all the worksheets and have him correct them as well. (laughs) But the number one reason I even looked at it to consider it was that lessons were on DVD to be I mean, I wasn't going to settle just because of that. Oh, that's that was a huge factor for me. And you know, when we started out with Matthew C, I remember, and I don't think I've seen anything lately, but I don't think I've been looking either. I've, I saw concerns for people about the programs, I don't know, rigor or whatever mm, yes, in the upper, in the upper levels. And yes. now that we're, I was like, well, we'll just go for it. And if we start seeing that, we can always switch, you know. But yeah, my oldest son is in Algebra 2, even though he started off slow because it was mastery based. Then when he was ready, it just clicked and he moved forward. And (laughs) it was actually like the concrete part of it that he struggled with. And once he hit puberty and it was the abstract math, it's like everything clicked and he zoomed. Well, that's good to hear because that is something that I have thought about is do I need to start looking at options for once my kids hit a higher level math? Because I've heard the same things that Matthew C might need to be supplemented or changed once they get into the high school level math. Yeah. Now that we're there, I wonder if that's just someone looking at the program who hasn't been doing it saying that. Like, I'm not sure. (laughs) 
because it it, it really is algebra too. <laughs> like that's not easier. It's just because it doesn't have 30 problems per lesson, but I don't mm-hmm. think that you need to do it that much to get it. So I, some, you know, if he has questions, he talks to his dad who's been doing all the math correction <laughs> for the last <laughs> year or two, which has been wonderful. <laughs> he will probably get into the pre-calculus book this year. And I don't think that's because it's dumbed down. I do think it's because it's made clearer. Like it's not completely abstracted out. And we're in a state where we have to do standardized tests every year. So even just looking at that as a, you know, quote unquote, objective standard. (laughs) When he Mm. was younger and in elementary, his math score was below the whatever average (laughs) bar. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And now it's above it. So I, well, this is the standardized test here that we're supposed to be using, right, to measure ability and rigor and standard. And so I think that by that standard, Matthew C. is getting us pretty far. Well, and if he's happy with it and he's understanding it, to me, that's, you know, a huge chunk. Oh, it is if they're not fighting the math program Mm -hmm. because I fought the math program. Yeah, but that's really good to hear that uh, about the high school perspective because we're not that far away. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of crazy. It happens fast. I think actually one thing that would be good to talk about is how to handle math correction because I think that is kind of applicable no matter what program you use. So what is your flow? First of all, I never have kids doing brand new concepts, multiple kids doing that in a day. That just does not work well if somebody hits a new concept and they're going to need some extra help. So don't have all your children learning new concepts on the same day. Better to put in an extra review page if you need to. The other thing we do is so they watch their DVD lesson. Then they come and narrate it to me because I I don't want them to start their worksheet and be doing it all wrong. Then they go and start their worksheet. If it was a new lesson day, sometimes they don't finish the worksheet that day and they just pick it up either later in that day or they pick it up the next day and finish it. And then when they have finished their worksheet, they look at it to make sure they haven't missed any (laughs) problems because sometimes, you know, they've just have one they haven't done, that it's not a sloppy mess. I refuse to take work that looks like rats ate it (laughs) if they turn it in. And then I have a crate in my house that they put it in. I used to honestly check math once a week, but I have a couple kids that that's not, I need to check it more often than yeah. that. So now I do, and it really stinks. <laughs> I Maybe you have a better suggestion for this, but I have to check math every day now. And so I check math, even if it means I check it in the evening once the kids are in bed, if the day's been completely crazy. But normally I can find a spot in the day to sit down with you know some tea or something and just run through and check the math. And then the next day, is when they make their math corrections. I just put it in with their work for the next day. If there was a huge amount of math corrections, I would do something different. But that obviously means they haven't understood anything. (laughs) So we need to redo the lesson if they have not, if they're that bad. They make their couple corrections. I see that, okay, we look good and they move forward with their new lesson for the day. So it sometimes doesn't feel very streamlined, but we're all on the same page. 
The kids know the expectations for it. They know where to turn in their stuff. And they know if I, if I get it and I see issues, I won't even check it. They just have to redo the lesson. And that has made a big difference in what's being turned into my bin. That's sort of how we do math correcting. I think this is just one of those cases where efficiency can't win out. If they do not get a 100%, they have to correct till it is. And depending on how many they miss, I give them another worksheet for more practice. If I see that they're missing a concept, I will go back to that concept that maybe was four lessons ago that they are not understanding. And I will pull one of those pages out just so they can refresh their memory. And then we move forward. So that's how we do it in our house. Yeah, ours is very similar. And I think that the correcting math every day is just one of those things you got to do because you don't want them moving forward or doing it wrong, not comprehending, but still doing work for a whole Mm -hmm. week. When I was doing all of the math correction myself, I also only had two real math students. And so we made sure that the page assigned that day was 100% by the end of the day. Oh, wow. So that kind of sometimes about half of the time, really, that felt kind of torturous. But it it was the the trick for motivation that I found for, for not starting off sloppy. I needed to find some way to motivate them to do their best the first time. So that's what we were doing for a while. And then when my husband took over math correction. We had to change our workflow then because he wasn't going to dedicate an hour in the middle of the afternoon to making sure everyone got 100%. So he checks usually in the evening, then they just have to correct it the next day. They still always have to get every sheet to 100%. And so then since he's the one correcting, and I mean, we've talked about it, but then he kind of has his way of motivating them And if it's wrong, if it doesn't have units on it, it's wrong. If it doesn't have work shown, it's Mm -hmm. wrong. If he's a little, he's stricter than I am on what's required. Yeah, but But I think that's a good, there's not the pushback. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. You would think having to redo more math would be a motivating consequence, wouldn't you? (laughs) (laughs) He will usually then help the older two with their math if they need help. If it's just sloppy work or they did the arithmetic wrong, then it's just an X and it goes back on. But if he can tell that it was more of a concept kind of, or an understanding thing, mm-hmm. then he doesn't just mark it wrong and mm-hmm. hand it to him. You know, He'll talk to him about it. And then he'll tell me with the younger three then. Because mostly you know, at the elementary age, it's amazing how much it's helpful to just have someone sitting watching. <laughs> And that's it for this episode of the Convivial Homeschool Audio Blog. Are you interested in homeschooling with clarity, calm, and conviction? I know you are. I am too. So let's do it together. I've created a quick, heart-focused mini-workshop called Get a Grip and a Game Face. It's free, and it's the perfect way to start off your homeschool year. Head on over to simplyconvivial.com audio, click on Season 12, and access the free workshop. Remember, education begins with repentance. Repent, rejoice, repeat.